Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is your host, Frank Congelos. It's a pleasure to be with you this week. You know, last week we were spending time in, during our show talking about what I refer to as the sandwich generation. We were talking about, you know, raising our children, um, caring about, you know, our parents and older people in our lives that we care about, and also at the same time really trying to plan for ourselves. And, you know, we always get that feeling that we're being a little bit sandwiched, you know, a little, you know, with that pressure on both sides, which is that, again, raising the family and all the emotional, financial concerns that come along with that. And then if you also have, you know, dealing with parents, aging parents, whatever, and all the emotional and financial concerns that you have with that. So with that in mind, when we covered last week's show, we spent our time predominantly talking about our children and really, you know, helping to prepare them for life and helping you to make better decisions. This week, we're going to start talking about our parents and ourselves as we're aging and really how to set up ourselves and our parents so that we all get the life that we're looking for. And when I say that about the life that we're looking for, the context that I'd really like to, you know, share with you is this, is that... With everyone in our life, we want to, you know, act out of, you know, the Bible tells us act out of love, love one another, honor your parents. And with that in mind, it's always out of respect, love, and responsibility. And what happens is, is, you know, is, you know, I would kid with my friends over the years and I would say, you know, boy, it's tough raising parents. Because what happens is, is the more that physically or mentally they become a little bit challenged as they get older, we're trying to help them. And because they have so much pride, it's very difficult sometimes that they don't want to let go. They don't want to, you know, they want to maintain their independence. So as we're going to talk this week a little bit about our parents, uh, even ourselves, and, you know, making sure that we're setting ourselves up for our children that they're taking care of, I was looking for an expert in this field, and I came across one of my friends. His name is Michael Minton. Michael Minton is a certified long-term care specialist, and he runs a company referred to as the Long-Term Care Specialist Group. So I'd like to welcome our guest at this point. Michael, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you with us this week. It's a pleasure to be here, Frank. Great. So, Michael, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, as I say again, you know, the sandwich generation. When I say the sandwich generation, I'm talking about us in the middle if we have aging parents. And then again, the other side of that, as I just mentioned, is it could even be that we're, we don't want our children to feel the pressure and them to be that side of the sandwich generation. So as we're looking at that, one of the things that's interesting is you and I have been around uh, the financial industry a long time, and people are living much longer now than they used to live. You know, it's That's for sure. Um, it, the, the most recent statistic that I heard um, was that one in three women who reach the age of 65 today are going to live to age 100. When you think about how uh, much of an impact that can have on a family and on planning, it's, uh, it's staggering. So it's going to create quite a, um, a different dynamic when it comes to, uh, to planning. You know, I remember years back, and I don't know if he's still on the air, but there used to be Willard Scott, and Willard Scott would be talking about happy birthday, you know, so-and-so hit 100. And back then it used to be very rare that you would have somebody hitting 100. And nowadays, you know, when you just said what you said was just like, wow, there's a lot of people that are going to live to 100. No doubt, no doubt. The challenge, however, you know, the fact that, you know, so many people are going to live to 100 physically and mentally, they may not be in the type of physical or mental condition that they like to be in, which will make their life challenging both for themselves and for the people that are around them. So that's kind of one of the areas of specialty, I know, Michael, where you, you spend a lot of your time. Yeah, you know, the, the aging process is one that um, 
uh, is, is difficult to, to talk about. Um, it's difficult to think about. And, and that's one of our biggest challenges is that we, we have difficulty imagining it happen to us. It's easier for us to imagine uh, something happening to a brother or a sister who's not in good health. There's just those types of things that occur. What we often tell people to try to think about when they think about aging and that process is the help that we may need in the future is not necessarily something that occurs after a catastrophic event. And if all people are thinking about is a catastrophic event, whether it be a major stroke, a heart attack, and that's what causes a change in the type of care that they may need, that's very difficult for people to do because you can't get your hands around that. Right. Can't plan it. And we don't want to imagine that could ever happen to us. So what I think as we're living longer and people are starting to understand that while living longer is a good thing, um, it, of course, um, may require some care. So we really try to get folks to have conversations with their parents and, and frankly, with themselves and their, and their loved ones about really th- the things we take for granted each and every day and the things that we did this morning from when we woke up till we, till we got here, eating, dressing, bathing, all those things, again, that we take for granted each and every day. Sometimes it becomes a little bit more difficult to do those things. And we have to be prepared for what would happen if. And that's the whole process of understanding and beginning to have that conversation, what would happen if. And I think as people begin to realize that um, care and uh, what's often referred to as long-term care is something that's progressive and not this catastrophic event necessarily that I spoke of before, I think it becomes a little bit easier of a discussion because that's when families really got to understand Um, What are the consequences that could happen as a result of that? You know, as as you're talking about that, Michael, I look at it as if, you know, there's, you know, we're always, you know, I call it, you know, you're thinking in terms of acting out of love, which is if we're thinking in terms of our parents, okay, our concern and care about them and making sure they're okay. And then at the same point, you know, I'll go back to our sandwich generation, which is if we're thinking about our kids is if we are responsible enough since the show is discovering responsible wealth so if we're responsible enough to recognize that early on we don't want to put our kids in that position that there's going to be that emotional side in addition because the emotions always going to be there that there's a financial side and everything else that goes along with it there has to be some type of a plan that takes place which is you know what we're going to be talking about a little bit yeah. You know, if I had to define what I've been doing for the last uh, 20 years in this business, um, I often tell people we're in the long-term care planning business. And they ask me often to define that. And if I had to define it, I would say it's developing a proactive plan, proactive plan to help protect your family, your lifestyle, and your assets from the high costs associated with long-term care. And the reason why we use that word costs is the cost isn't just financial. It's Correct. the impact that it can have on a family. So people begin to take a look at, you know, there's this enormous risk that it could, that it could happen to us. Um, there's, a, there's a significant cost associated with it. But it's also, if we don't have a plan, what are the consequences on lifestyle, right, the responsibility that we have to maintain that or the, or the desire to maintain that, uh, what can happen in the family structure, and of course, of course we're talking about financial aspects and, and, and our assets. What, what do you... Yeah, when Michael, when you're explaining that, what do you see uh, that people are actually doing, or what are most people doing when it relates to you know this this process, or are they ignoring it? They're putting their head in the sand and they're saying it's not me, it's the other person. 
Um, what do you see? Because I know you see a lot of people, you speak about this all the time. Are people planning for it, not planning for it, hoping it's not them? Well, a lot has changed. Um, uh, one of the interesting uh, statistics that I bring from my own practice is when I began in the industry, the average person we were sitting down with was 72. And that person at that time was really planning because they were watching their peers. Uh, a friend of theirs was in a nursing home. A friend of theirs uh, had just spent down a quarter of a million dollars of assets, per t- you know, right. paying for some sort of services. Today, the average age that we engage folks with is about 54. So you think in that 20-year period of time, the average age has gone from 78 to 50, I mean, 72 to 54. So that's, a, that's an enormous decrease over that period of time. So what's happened? Basically, what's happened is our personal experiences. Our personal experiences are beginning to catch up, and now we're looking at our parents and our grandparents and understanding the importance of starting early. Now, what does that mean? I think when you say are people burying their heads in the sand, absolutely. Uh, They are, because it's a difficult topic. It's a difficult topic. It's a difficult discussion. It's not something we go home at night and uh, see our loved ones and say, hey, we should have this conversation tonight. People just aren't there yet. I think eventually it'll become something we do very early in life because the planning for this is going to become incredibly important with that longevity that we spoke of earlier. And, and frankly, what I think we'll get to is talking a little bit about the enormous costs that are associated with, with these types of services. So I think we've come a long way as a society, but I think people, you know, if I had to coin it, I would say they've got to kind of get over it and they've got to embrace the topic and start to think about what would happen if. So I think we're getting better um, as a society. We're not quite there, but we're certainly getting better. And, you know, a total financial plan and looking at the big picture, this issue is incredibly relevant to everything else, retirement planning, anything else that you're doing in life. Long-term care can touch and have a dramatic impact on. I agree. You know, it's interesting, Mike, is, you know, I know for a lot of people, I mean, I'm doing this 30 years, and in the 30 years that I've been advising people, you know, one of their uh, most prideful um, aspects of their life is their family. And what happens, you know, that I've observed over the years is, is that when you have a family and you have parents that need to be cared for, or whatever the case might be, and the kids, um, usually that's when tension starts, and what the parents always hoped would be, which is they'd always get along, there'd be perfect harmony, things like that, all of a sudden they start seeing resentment because maybe one has to step up or none step up or who's thinking what somebody else should have been doing and really not the way it should happen. Is that what you're, you're hearing, seeing? Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Um, uh, we talked, I talked about it a moment ago, talking about the consequences on a family. Yep. And it's underestimated until you've seen it. And it's exactly that. We had a couple recently uh, where the mom, uh, the mom needed care. And the daughter who lived locally wanted her to go into a uh, facility that one of her friends ran locally, an assisted living facility. The son, who was out in Colorado, actually wanted, thought mom should be in a, uh, a higher care type of facility, almost a nursing home, frankly. And, right. and there was a cost difference there. So that created a big issue because you're talking about planning for the asset and the one daughter who lived um, not too far away she had had the conversation with mom about how important it was for her to remain in her own home right so you had three different people talking about the topic and these were these were siblings who used to travel together 
who used to spend a lot of time together. And literally, the lack of having the conversation up front now there's tension. has helped rip them apart. And, and, you know, we're doing our best to help bring everything together. But, well, you know, there, there are serious consequences. So, Michael, with that being said, what should someone do as far as in developing some type of a plan? If I had to take you through the planning process, I mean, the first thing everybody has to do is say to themselves, okay, uh, there is a problem, right? We, we have this enormous cost. Our society has not left us with this long-term care funding tree. We've learned as a society that Medicare, Medicaid, for those folks that have accumulated some assets is not really an, an option at all, except for some very short-term type, uh, type care. Um, so, so you have an option to plan. And what it really boils down to is two things. You either self-insure the risk, where you accept it, you understand that the average cost here in the state of New Jersey could be seventy to $100,000 a year. I'm willing to accept that risk. And I've told my family in a note, maybe, this is where I want the money to come from. You've laid out your map. You've allocated you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to say this is where I want the money to come from. The other option, of course, is to transfer the risk. And traditionally, transferring the risk meant buying traditional long-term care insurance. Those are the products that are in the marketplace. And today, probably a majority of our clients, that's still what they're doing. They're transferring all or a portion of the risk to an insurance policy that will be there to pay the bill um, should they need home health care, assisted living, or uh, even nursing home care. Now, what's happened in the last couple of years, uh, which is good for the consumer, is there have been a bunch of other products that have been um, created by the insurance companies to um, provide a different value proposition when it comes to planning. There are uh, products where you give a single lump sum of money in order to protect uh, the problem. There are annuity products, and a lot of people own existing annuities where you can create leverage to pay for long-term care services. There are life insurance solutions that exist to be able to pay for long-term care services. So what we tell people is you got to go through the process. Everybody's situation is a little bit different and develop a plan that you know you really want to put in the drawer and almost hope you never take out right you don't plan for long-term care or you you don't want your parents to use their long-term care insurance necessarily but it's there because of the peace of mind and the fact that it really completes all the other financial planning that you're doing so you just you know you got to work with folks um like you have at your firm that are going to be able to really bring people through the process of understanding what's the best solution for me so, Michael, and staying with that, it, it seems like on the long-term care side, too, that there's been a lot going on there. And when I say a lot going on there, that there's been companies that have come and gone in the industry. Rates have been changed. If people are thinking of insuring, which is what I recommend to people, because if you're going to self-insure, it's a big number, and there's a high probability of claim. But if you're going to buy insurance, what should they be looking for? You know, type of company, type of benefits, because... You know, give us just a little update before we start wrapping up for today. Yeah, there's been an incredible change. Um, And if you read the uh, third-party press, um, a lot has happened in the last year. What I will tell you is carrier is critical. Um, And and when I mean by carrier, I mean the financial strength of the carrier, and I also mean how committed they are to the industry. 
And that's something for the consumers a little bit difficult to recognize, but we understand are they developing new product? Are they doing the things they need to do to um, stay relevant in the marketplace? Um, and you just want to build a plan that, that is um, consistent with your budget, but at the same time has enough benefit to give you that peace of mind that we talked about before. So I find that uh, it's a very um, uh, changing marketplace, but I'll tell you right now, um, I would say the next 6 to 12 months is the single best and maybe the last best time to look into traditional long-term care insurance because of the incredible changes that I think are going to come moving forward where the policies will actually become less consumer-friendly. Um, so I tell people from a pricing perspective, take some time over, over the next few weeks and, and, and months and, and give it some thought because I don't think we'll see times like this again. Very good. For all of our guests today and our listeners, you've been listening to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is Frank Congelos, your host. Our guest today has been Michael Minton of the Long-Term Care Specialist Group in Wall Township, New Jersey. Again, Michael's a certified long-term care specialist. Michael, thank you for being with us today. And for all of our listeners, if you have questions, you could write to us at the Institute of Responsible Wealth, 2431 Atlantic Avenue, Manasquan, New Jersey, 08736, or email us at info at ifrw.com. Thank you, and have a blessed week.